0: hey good morning pcc and welcome to 2021. I-, I don't know about you but i'm glad 2020 is over 2020 has to be the worst year um kind of my life actually it's not really the worst year of my life it's probably the more the most eventful year of my life but i'm glad it's gone and you know Every year, when, when we start a new year, we, we use that as a time to start new things. You know, it's a kind of new beginning. It's a reset, and we call them, usually we call them New Year's resolutions. It's a New Year's resolution, the thing that we're gonna start, start doing, or the thing that we're gonna stop doing, you know? And we're gonna, you know, we, we're gonna work out more, we're gonna eat less, we're gonna spend more time with the family, we're gonna, there's all these things that we're gonna start and stop doing. And we love making New Year's resolutions. But <laughs> there's a, there's an organization that loves resolutions even more than we do. You know who that organization is? <laughs> Those organizations are gyms. <laughs> because in January, gyms, gym sign-ups like go through the roof. Everybody signs up, man, because they yeah, somehow, you know, you get to the end of December you, or you, you know, after New Year's, you kind of look down at your your little belly and you're know, like saying, Man, this is looking a little bit like Santa Claus, and you look at your 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 hips or your thighs, and well, you know, your thighs, and he's like. Wow, I got to do something about this. So you sign up at the gym, and and the gym just salivates because they're like, ah, people are going to sign up because they know that within a month's time, they're going to be collecting your money, and you ain't going to show up, right? So so they just just love it. They know you're not going to stick with it. But, you know, but gyms know what we all inherently know. Gyms know what, if we actually inherently, if we just really took the time to think about it, they know that most of us have plans about the things that we can do. And, and we have plans about the things that we're gonna do that we, that we believe are just gonna change things. We, well, we know that we can change things with that. And, 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 you know, they know that we have the ability to change things. But many of us, but for many of us, there are some things that we literally can't change, there are some things that are bigger than us. And these are the things that are bigger than our abilities. These are the things that are so big that we can't just will them away. With like, I'm just going to work hard enough, and it's going to, you know, that problem is going to be solved. You, you just simply can't do that. You can't, you can't do enough stuff. You can't not do enough stuff. They're just bigger than you. And and um, for those of us who have experienced those things, which is all of us, is that no matter how hard we try, there are some things we can't change. And and whenever we come up with things we can't change, there's really only one thing we can do, is we can do the thing that speaks to the sp- person who can change things, and that thing is, is prayer, is prayer. And I believe that if we want our 2021 to be better than our 2020, then we need to start to do the things, that, the thing that changes things. And so starting today or tomorrow for you or for the next 21 days, We invite you to join us as a church for a season of focused prayer. And during the season of focused prayer, we're inviting you to pray about two things. The first one we're inviting you to do is pray for a miracle. Any miracle. It could be a family member who's sick. Let's pray for a miracle. You you may say, well, Pastor Gary, I don't believe it's going to work. Just pray for a miracle. Our job is to pray. It's God's job and his divine wisdom and, and will to respond. But if we don't pray, I believe that there are some things that God has in store for us that we don't get because we simply don't ask. There are some things we also ask for. Jesus says no. But there are definitely things that are in store for us. And so, you know, w- w- you know pray for something that's dying. You know, It could be a relationship, a relationship with your, your mother or your father, your stepfather. It could be something that you think is dead, but God specializes in resurrecting dead things. Pray for your career or dead or dying career or dead or dying ministry. The miracle could be somebody who's far away from God. You want them to come to faith in Jesus. And so you're like, "Oh yeah, God, I don't even know how. They just, just I have nothing to do with God. You could be praying for explosive growth in something in a business that you started, or a ministry. Whatever it is, just pray for a miracle. And the second thing we want you to do is to pray for this church, Pioneer Community Church. In 2021, we face some big decisions about what's in the next chapter. Or the the place that we normally meet is um, it's in a school, and because of COVID, it's closed indefinitely. And so, you know, this mid-COVID chapter has been challenging in many, in many aspects you know, as we kind of think about that. And the post-COVID chapter is going to be challenging. And so we, we ask that you pray for me and the rest of the leadership team for guidance that God's will be, be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's really what we want to pray for, that, that you pray for us, that we will, we will, we will do that as we seek to the next chapter. But we also want you to accompany the prayer with fasting for either a portion of twenty-one of the 21 days or the entire 21 days. And fasting is really abstaining from something your body craves. You know, it could be something like food. Um, and the reason why, you know, we encourage fasting is really it's a biblical principle because how many of you know that whatever you feed grows and whatever you starve doesn't grow? And we are three parts. We're body, we're physical body, we're soul, which is kind of like our personality or essence of who we are. And then there's a spirit, that's a, it's a little voice that talks to us in our head, which is really kind of like it's how we talk to God. And for many of us, we've been feeding the body, especially during this Christmas season and this holiday season. And, and maybe we've been feeding the soul, you know, we're getting in all the social media, we're getting together with all our friends and all, all these other things. But the thing that's suffering is our spirit. Our spirit hasn't been fed, and our spirit has become weak. So prayer really builds the spirit. So as we build the spirit, we, we balance off some of the other things, and so that it comes in balance, as we call it, to be balanced human beings. And so, and so you know, um, we want you to be a balanced human beings. And there's also another reason. There's some strongholds. There are some miracles. There are some things that only resolved when it's prayer accompanied with fasting. And you know, for for many of us, I thought like, man, I'm going to pray. Like, I'm going to pray. Oh, by the way. Another thing is that whenever you feel that urge for that thing that you're fasting from, that's a signal for you to pray. And, and as I mentioned, that the thought of praying effectively is a hard concept for many people. You see, most people don't go to God when they need something like, oh, yeah, God, let me pass the test. And that's their prayer. It's a quick prayer. And so the thought of long prayers, reasons, you know, some of us don't go to prayer meetings and stuff like, I can't sit on the phone. I can't pray that long. It's like, I'm not going there. It's a pretty daunting thought, and I believe the reason why prayer is such a daunting thought for many of us is because we simply don't really know how to pray. We simply don't know how to communicate with God. And and you know, and much like there are different types of conversations you can have with someone, there are actually different types of conversations that different types of prayer or different types of conversation with God. And, and just like how, like, for instance, the type of conversation with a loved one will change depending on the situation, you know? Like sometimes with my wife Donna, sometimes we, we, we're just sitting around and we're vibing and we're talking. It's like nothing really. We're just talking about regular stuff. But are sometimes we have some deep conversations and sometimes it gets passionate. Well, yeah, there are some of those prayers with, with God also. So there are different types of prayers for different types of situations. But not only that there are different types of prayer for different situations, I believe that some of the most effective prayers follow a general pattern. And the reason why I believe that, how how I arrive at that conclusion, is based on the pattern that I see in many of the prayers in the Bible. And so today I want to kick off our prayer series by talking about this pattern that I've seen in the Bible. Before we go further, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'll have me teach and deliver effectively what you want to tell people about prayer. I'm praying about prayer. So Lord, I pray, Lord, that people will take away from today's message something that is life-changing in the way that they speak with you and the way that they communicate with you and it will open up a communion with you unlike anything that they have ever experienced. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, Before I tell you about this pattern, I want to give you like a little disclaimer, right? God listens to every single prayer regardless of how simple that prayer is. So what I'm talking about here is not a formula. It's a pattern. It's something that I've observed that prayers, different prayers in the Bible have. And one of the earliest examples of this prayer pattern is actually found um, in the Old Testament, and it was how kind of Moses, how Moses communicated with God. And I want to read a, a passage of scripture from Exodus 33, 7 to 11. It said, now Moses used to make a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away. And he called it the tabernacle or the tent of meeting. Another version called it the tent of congregation. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting or the tabernacle outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And Moses went into the tent and the pillar of cloud would come down, and a pillar of cloud would come down at the entrance as Moses walked into the tent and inside the tent while the Lord spoke with Moses. And whenever people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. And I like verse 11, it says, the Lord would speak to Moses face-to-face, as one who speaks to a friend. Now, you know, the way God operates now is is different than the way he operated back in the period before Jesus came on the scene. Uh, but then, uh, in, in the Old Testament, God's Holy Spirit did not reside... In each individual person, as he does now, rather his Holy Spirit resided in a building called a temple, or or it's or the outpost of the temple called the synagogues, you know, and and you know, so it was places where people could worship. People would go to a place that God's presence was, and the only time that that God's Spirit really came upon people is when he had something like spectacular that he wanted them to do. And when that happened, his Holy Spirit would kind of come upon them and he would enable them to do specific things. And many times you read the Old Testament, it says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he did X, Y, Z. And, and how God operates or Jesus operates now is that his Spirit no longer lives in a building. It's his Spirit resides permanently in anyone who asks him for him to come into their lives. But also back then, in order to communicate with God, and there are a few exceptions to this, but in order to communicate to God, you had to go to the place where God's spirit was. And, 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 and today is different, Because right? God's spirit is inside of us, so we can just talk. We don't have to go to a place where his spirit is because he's inside of us. So anyone, anywhere can pray. You don't need to go to the temple. But before there was a temple... Before there were synagogues, there was a tabernacle, which simply meant, as I mentioned before, a tent of the meeting or a tent of the congregation. And another name for the the tabernacle was a sanctuary. And God had given Moses some very specific instructions of how this tabernacle should be built. But in Exodus 25, 8 and 9, God said to Moses, hey, make a sanctuary or make a tabernacle for me and i will dwell among them and make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern i will show you so there were some very specific instructions and when you know when moses led the people of israel from being in, s- in slavery in egypt for 40 years they were kind of nomadic people they didn't have a home they didn't have a homeland they were so they would pitch a tent They'd stop somewhere, they'd pitch a tent, and Moses would go outside of the camp, and he would set up this this tabernacle tent for worship. And whenever they they had anything that they wanted to ask God, they would take their request to Moses, and Moses would go into the tent, the tabernacle tent, and he would meet God there, and in the middle where he met God, there was something called the Ark of the Covenant. It was like in the back section of the tent. But in order to get into the back of the tent where he could communicate intimately with God, there were some things that he had to pass through, and the people had to pass through a number of things. Whoever was going in, and and um and you know I'm hoping that um uh, you know we have a picture that I can put up on the screen of what that looks like, um of what the tabernacle looks like because it helps when you have a picture of it. Um, but it, but if if one doesn't pop up right, um. I want you to imagine this. Imagine a big tent area. It's a huge tent area. Much, you know, it's like a huge tent area. And then there was a, a fence around the tent area, and there was a gate. And the gate only had one way, t- This was only one gate. You could only go into the gate. And when you entered into the gate, <laughs> when you entered into the gate, you would come up to a courtyard. And a courtyard would have two things in a courtyard. It would have uh, an an altar where you could make sacrifice on, and then there was a a, fa- a basin for washing it, and then you'd enter into the tent, and then there'd be some furniture there. There'd be a candle, and there'd be um, there'd be some bread, and you know there'd be incense burning. So that was kind of what the tent looked like. And you had to go through that in order to get where God's spirit was. But there was a pattern that the people followed see when they went through the gates the the entrance to the compound where the tent was in david talked about what they did when they did it when they did it in psalms 100 and psalms 100 verse 4 and 5 he said enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into the courtyard or into the courts with praise and 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 he said be thankful unto him to god and bless his name and then and then david says you know why you need to do that for the lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endured when they went in the gates they gave thanks and they praised or they acknowledged god for god's greatness and they would come up to this altar the brazen altar not an altar they would make an animal sacrifice, and they'd ask for forgiveness of sin, and then they'd come to this basin that I mentioned earlier. And in the basin, there was gonna be a there was a large bowl. The basin was like shiny brass, and there was a there was a there was a glass bowl filled with water. But when you looked in it, you could actually see yourself for how you looked, and all the dirt, and all the crud on you. You could see, and you'd wash in that basin and you'd get clean before you went to God. And Not only did they look at it, they reflected on themselves, and they would have thought about like all the ways, all the things that they did that were both pleasing and not pleasing to God, and they would pray for cleansing, for God and his protection, and then they would enter the tent. They would open the door to the, the flaps of the tent, and they would walk inside the tent, they walked inside the tent the first thing they would find are candles it's kind of like a a menorah and the candles would provide light and the light signified that it would illuminate because without the light they wouldn't be able to see but the significance of it is the light would illuminate things that otherwise wouldn't be seen you see that light represented wisdom and discernment and answers to things that you don't even have answers for and, and then, you know, so it's kind of like a prayer of wisdom and a prayer of understanding. And, and, and then they would get to bread. And that bread was called the bread of presence. And then they would sit down and it would remind them of that there's a God, a supernatural God who desires communion with them. And then they would pass by the altar of incense which is signified worship. It was like an aroma of scents going up to God. And by the way, worship is different than praise. You see, worship is a point where you're not really asking for anything. You're just basking in who God is. It's a place where you get to where you may be singing that old hymn like, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Or or maybe, you know, it's that place where you're like singing songs like you're worthy of it all or I exalt thee. And then when you do that, it rises as an incense to God and and that's worship, right? Worship is really words of affirmation to God and outward expression of love. And then uh, right beyond the incense, there would be another curtain. Some translations call it a veil of, And then when you part the veil, you're now in the Holy of Holies. And right in front of there, there'd be like this Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark, was this piece of furniture where where God's kept his word, where God's presence was. and, And then the Ark would have a couple angels, you know, images of angels hanging off it. And there'd be a seat around it called the mercy seat. And that was where God was. And what do you do when you're at the mercy seat right there? (laughs) Well, you just bring all your prayers and everything, all your burdens. You intercede for others. You pray for miracles. You pray for breakthrough. You pray for relief from strongholds. You pray for lifting off your burdens right there at that point. So you may be saying, you know, well, Gary, you know, all that Old Testament stuff, I really care about is like, you just took me to this whole Historical mumbo jumbo about the Old Testament, uh, like like why do I care about that? <laughs> as a matter of fact, I said that a lot. I even said that up until last year. Like why why do I really care about that? But as I was thinking about that, I'm like I'm like I'm like I was thinking like what does that have to do with me? And then I realized that it has a lot to do with me because what I saw here answers a lot. Because if you look closely at what they did, it showed a pattern of prayer that we see all throughout the Bible in all different prayers within the Bible. You'll find it the same pattern in the Psalms. You'll find the same pattern in the Lord's Prayer. You'll find it all over the Bible. And I believe that, you know, if you look all the New Testament, it's there. And if you see something all over the Bible, I would say it's probably a good idea, to a good pattern to follow. So notice what they did when they entered the gates, they started off with thanksgiving and then praise. And then before they get to God, before they get to making their request to God, they would worship and they would acknowledge God uh, for who he is. And they would bask in in the moment of how big God is and the fact that God, this big old God, wanted to have communion with them. This big old God wants to have communion with us. And this big old God desires a relationship with us. So there's thanksgiving praise and there's worship. But the pattern also included reflection. When you look at the basin, you saw the reflection. It kind of makes you think about, well, who are we really? And the choices that we have made. And then, and then it, it includes asking for forgiveness. That's really on the altar where they slaughtered the alima, a, animals. And, the, and they would ask you know, for protection of things that cause us to sin. And then after all of that, man, after all of that stuff that you're doing, you find out that you're in the zone. You thank God, you've praised him, you've worshipped him, you've reflected, you've thought about stuff. And you're in the zone, and right there in the zone is when you're in the Holy of Holies. You're right there with you and God, just right there. And you're having one-on-one conversations with God. And it's right there in that point where you're just like Moses, where how the Lord spoke to Moses face-to-face as one who speaks to a friend. That's how God's speaking to you. You see, when you're in that place, that's when you're in a place of fervent prayers. That's when you're in a place where your petitions are just right near God. And the Bible uses a big word for it. Here's it an SAT word for you guys it's called supplication. And I know what you're probably saying because I would be saying too, says, hey, Gary, that's a lot to remember, man. And it is a lot to remember. I'm going to give you some easy ways in which to remember the kind of some of the components. One of the ways is to just remember the term, the word ACTS or the acronym ACTS. And ACTS stands for acknowledge, which is like worship. I'm acknowledging you as God, I'm acknowledging you as your greatness. And C, the confession is asking for forgiveness and kind of reflect when you ask for forgiveness, and the T is for thanksgiving. And when you go through all those ACT, then you get to the point of supplication. And this is the method that I use almost every day when I'm praying. It's Acts prayers. So my prayer will go something like this. You know, I'll say, I'm going to give you like a short version. It says, God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you're such a great God. I thank you that you are beyond anything else I could ever imagine. I thank you that you're the Alpha and the Omega. I thank you for the breath that you've given me. I thank you for the family that I have. And God, right now to stand before your presence, Lord, I know the where I've messed up, and I confess it all to you. I confess it all to you, Lord. I ask for your forgiveness. And, and, and Lord, I just want to thank you that you are a forgiven God. I want to thank you that you have blessed me and made me a part of your family. And Lord, i, I got to bring this burden to you, Lord. There's this thing that's on my mind. Lord, I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. I need a... See, that's a pattern. That's the Acts pattern. But there's another pattern that's, that is kind of similar to Acts i call it the tears pattern and and it's really thanksgiving it's exposing which is the same as reflecting it's like i'm exposing myself before god i'm laying it all bare and there's acknowledgement that we talked about before that's worship then there's repenting and then there's supplicating again just asking and you know it is, you know, kind of prayer would go something like, God, I thank you for being, you. and you can make it really quickly. I'm going to make it like a quick, because it can be just like this. Lord, I, th- I thank you for being you, Lord. Lord, um, Lord, I know, you know, Lord, forgive me for getting angry at Donna this morning when, when there was no reason to get angry for her. Um, Lord, I see what I did wrong, and, and Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, that I get to worship you, and, and, and Lord, and Lord, I just bring this problem before you the same things that are in there, but, you know, what I love about the TEARS acronym is that it reminds me of crying. And the question, like, what burdens me, what breaks my heart, is really what I'm crying for. So when I go to God with a TEARS prayer, it's really it's a tears prayer for what I'm crying for, my big burdens. And no matter how you look at it, whether you look at it from Moses and the tabernacle or the tears, and by the way, if you look at the Lord's prayer, you'll see all those aspects. And you know, our Father who's in heaven, Saint Lord, hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth Give us this day our supplication, our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. You know, confess. So it's it's all over there. You know, all that stuff is in there. We see. I believe that you know, in, in 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 that supplicating really should come last. Because God is not a Santa Claus God. He really wants you to spend some time with Him. Too many times we go straight to the supplicating. We go straight to the asking of the questions. We go. We go straight to that. When we go to that, we're like, psh, all right, I got, you know, I put my request into Santa, at the North Pole. And then we're gone. no, no, no. I design I desire to sit down and have communion with you. I got the bread here. Let's let's eat together. Hey, there's some things I want to illuminate with you. Stay in the room a little bit to look around. It's me illuminating, giving you wisdom and discernment. Just relax for a second. So Resist going straight there. Take yourself through the pattern. The pattern makes you slow down. And while it's not really a formula, I believe that this pattern is a really good pattern to follow. So my encouragement to you is follow the pattern. But you know, the pattern, I believe the pattern set by Moses also reveals something else for us today. And that is, in order to get to where God is, there really is only one way. In Moses' prayer, you had to go through the gate, or you could never get to where God was. If I should show the tabernacle again, you'd kind of see that. There really is no other way to get to God. You couldn't get to God without reflecting and recognizing your need for forgiveness. You had to go through all those steps. And that wasn't enough, right? Something had to be sacrificed in order to get to God. So God God is perfect. You got to come to him without any sin. And so God had said, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And human sacrifice couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't take my kid. I'm like, I'm going to kill my kid. And that wouldn't do it because all human beings have chosen wrong. So it had to be an animal who didn't do anything wrong, right? Animals animal just operates on instinct. And this sacrifice had to be done before you could get to the actual tent. It was done in a court. Before you could get to the tent where God's presence was. And really, you know, that's really the place where we want to be, you know, the place of light, the place of communion with God, the place of worship, the place of God's presence. And out of Jesus, when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus said, the law, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. And he says, you know I'm going to do this? I'm going to get rid of the need for an animal sacrifice. I never committed any sins, so I'm going to die once and for all for the sin of everybody. Once I die, there's no need. I'll take on all sins, past, present, and future, there no longer needs to be any animal sacrifice. And when he died, he took all the sins, but not only did that, he he took the keys of death and hell. He arose a victor from the dark domain of death. And he took away the keys of death and hell. But he not only emanated animal sacrifices, he didn't, when he fulfilled, you know, in fulfilling the law, he also abolished the need for the physical tabernacle. He abolished the need for the temple. He abolished the need because that's no longer where presence God's presence is. You know, like we we COVID has shown the whole world what we inherently know that we don't need the building in order to worship God because God's in our heart. So while he says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves, it's not for God's purpose. It's for our purpose that we get together because you're relational beings. But we no longer have to go to a temple because God's presence is in the heart and for anybody, though, who chooses to accept it. But the only way you get it is that you ask for it. So today, what's still true is that there's only one gate. There's only one way to get to God. God. He says in John 14, 6, he says, I am that way. I am the way. I am the truth and, the, and I'm the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And I love that because when I go through the gate of Jesus Christ, I get everything. I pass by the altar. Of like I have forgiveness. I pass through I go into the tent and I get communion and I get to his presence and I get to be just like Moses (laughs) where he says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend and that's where the place to be where you're talking to God and God's speaking to you as one speaks to a friend and I like the way you know, he's like full in his presence I like the way that David puts it. David describes it in, you know, he says in Psalm 16:11 he says in that presence there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And that is a great place to be. And the cool thing is that you, and you, and you, and you, and you, you I'm <laughs> pointed to. Yeah, you. You can have that presence, God's presence. You can be in God's presence and get him coming into your heart where you can meet with him by saying this prayer after me. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I want to thank you. For being God, I thank you for the sacrifice you made. Lord, I recognize that I need you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want to commune with you. And I want to be in your presence because in there, there is fullness of joy. Lord, I just thank you that I accept you. I receive you into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to tell you that you've said that. Jesus is in your heart right now. And you can have communion with him and sup with him anytime. And for everybody else, for, I- for everybody out there, I want to encourage you to think about Acts prayers, Tears prayers, Moses prayers, however you want to look at it. Make up your own acronym. And I guarantee that your prayer life will start to be transformed in a way that you would never otherwise imagine. Remember, 21 days of prayer started now. And um, see you next week as we talk some more about this wonderful thing that changes things, prayer. God bless you. Have a happy, happy new year as you go back to work.